Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison inviting you to listen to our latest podcast episode number 962 with Dr. Brian Allman about his new book entitled Less Stress Now, a Mindfulness Manual for the Modern World. This podcast number 962 is brought to you by Chuck Garcia, author of a new book entitled A Climb to the Top, Communication and Leadership Tactics to Take Your Career to New Heights. If you want to know more about Chuck Garcia, his events, and his new book, please visit his website at www.chuckgarcia.com. That's www.chuckgarcia.com. And now for our featured podcast, please listen to my engaging interview with Dr. Brian Allman about his new book entitled Less Stress Now, A Mindfulness Manual for the Modern World. Hey, hey, welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I have a good friend who lives here locally uh, in San Diego, Dr. Brian Ullman. He's been on Inside Personal Growth before, and he has three books that I know. Is that right, Brian? This is 14 your, books total. 14. Okay. So <laughs> three new to, ones. But, but yeah. when you go to the website, you'll see these three new ones. Yes. And if you would, please, can you hold up the book that we're going to be talking about today? It's called Less Stress Now. Uh, there you go. He got it really nice and close. <laughs> so Brian is a very, very good friend and uh, just a genuinely well versed person about stress. And I'm going to let my listeners know a tad bit about you so they get an idea of just how well versed you are. Uh, He's a PhD as stress care down to a science, as he says. Uh, His mission is to make the world a happier and healthier place driven by clinical outcomes accessible to anyone. Uh, He's a passionate facilitator who collaborates with people and companies globally and locally. Uh, He utilizes past, present, and future as well as conscious, subconscious, and unconscious. His unique and effective approach has allowed him to help people help themselves more than ever before in the fields of weight loss, stress reduction, healing, and healthcare. Uh, He was nicknamed the doctor of last resort by the the physicians of the year at Kaiser Permanente, uh, the world's largest nonprofit healthcare provider, and he has uh, later referred to as the doctor of first resort because of the successes that he's had with his patients over the decades. Welcome to the show, Brian. Uh, it's great to have you back again. It's always great having you on because you've always got something great and new bubbling up that you can help people with. Um, and Less Stress Now is one of those books. Why were you compelled? Because you wrote one, you wrote a book also for young adults. You know, kids. Right. Uh, and, you know, this world is such a kind of confused place these days. Uh, we're living in pretty stressful times. Um, not that, that our predecessors in time going back, you know, 1,500 years, 2,000 years didn't have their own stresses. They died earlier, but we're living longer and we're having to deal with stress. And I think much more of a greater magnitude. Uh, why'd you write the book? What do you hope people are going to get from this book? And for my listeners, I want them to know we're going to offer Brian's course, which is evidence-based by Kaiser, by ACE, A-C-E. Uh, it's a course for $4.97, and we're going to give you half off, and there's going to be a link in our blog to that as well. 
So I want to let the listeners know that we'll say that a couple of times. So you're on, Brian. Thank you, Greg. Well, it's great to be here. You, everybody needs to know that I love Greg Voison. I've known <laughs> him for you. a long time and it's always been positive, inspiring, uh, just a wonderful human being. And I happen to know Greg's family. I love them as well. So this is a real love fest here. <laughs> yeah, the there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was compelled to write the book, Less Stress Now, because being part of the ACE study, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences at Kaiser Permanente in San Diego, which is the largest study ever completed the most comprehensive study on mental health, emotional health, biopsychosocial health, and there's over 6,000 medical journal articles. It's in over 100 countries. So even though it started off with tens of thousands of people at Kaiser, now millions of people have answered what were 10 ACE questions, which are in the book, Less Stress Now, which all your listeners will get a copy of. There are now 12 questions. We had an 11th and 12th question. But I was compelled because we discovered with tens of thousands of people over two decades, and I was doing the treatment solutions with Dr. Folletti, the co-principal investigator. We worked with physicians, therapists, coaches, families, patients, kids, teens, grown-up sized kids. And the biggest discovery was that our biggest challenges in life really come from our upbringings, how we're raised to either cope or not cope, to drink or to smoke, to do drugs or to escape in some way, to deal with things more effectively. And the discovery besides really that the biggest challenges do come from our families, which I know all of you know, because you have families, we all have families, none of us have perfect families, and the challenges we go through as kids, birth to 18, stay with us for years and decades. In fact, in a study, we discovered people uh, lose 19 years of life, like they die 19 years younger, if they don't deal with their adverse childhood experiences and just do the coping skills that most people do. Well, you were also I, in that same yeah. study, not to interrupt you, because yes. I think this is important to my listeners. You know, Kaiser did one of the biggest studies at the same time, ACE, and it goes along with the stress, around weight reduction. You had mm-hmm. some very, very, very heavy people who Absolutely. were addicted to drugs. Now talk about addiction. That's how it started, Greg. Right. That's how right. it all started is we started to interview the people uh, who were very successful in losing the weight in our program, a very comprehensive program for weight loss. And then the people who were the most successful tended to be the same people that gained the weight back and or more. And so we were perplexed how people could do so well and then not be able to sustain their success. So we started asking and having interviews and having groups. And what we discovered was that the life experience as kids is what contributed to them being overweight and obese. And we found that the propensity of, for example, abuse in the family was much higher than we ever expected. Close to 70% for the women in the group, 
close to 35% for the men in the group. And then we started to discover that all of the participants, not just in the weight group, which was the break, breakthrough forest, but in all of the other departments at Kaiser, our early childhood experiences influence our health and our longevity. And uh, so the point I really want to make to Greg, besides, okay, so there's where most of our problems come from. And we need to figure out ways to solve those problems because most of us just kind of live them out and kind of keep coping to the best well, of our abilities. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. There's external stressors right. uh, that that we can talk about. There's obviously internal stressors. You know, the whole flight, fight, flight no. syndrome that right. people have talked about for years. But, you know, this mammalian brain that we all have, that we've had been built in for years, um, it's, it's not as... It, it hasn't evolved, social biologists will tell you, this brain has not evolved over the, the, the hundreds of thousands of years right. that, that it should have, right? right. And we kind of wait too long a lot of times. Um, we don't take action. And here's the point, you know, I am somebody who had anxiety attacks like crazy. Okay. And that is stress. It's stress manifested in a different way. And you're one person that knows just so well how um, having this stress can affect our behavior, okay? It, it affects it in so many ways. We get angry. We, we pop off at somebody. We, we basically, you know, drive our cars. There's road rage out. There's all kinds of things happening. In my case... I got so debilitated, I wouldn't go in an elevator. I wouldn't go out to lunch. I wouldn't go to people. And I'm talking about my personal story because the only way that I actually got help was I went to Scripps and they put electrodes on my head and I saw what was going on in the brain waves of my head. And I started meditation. And the thing that happened when I started meditation, Brian, was a miracle. I tell my listeners this all the time. It's like, okay, Brian's going to talk to you about meditation and he's going to tell you, how good it can be if you're a regular practicer of it. So talk about anxiety, because we live in a world that just seems so filled with it. Right. Uh, it's it's moms, you know, trying to run to the grocery store and take care of the kids and do whatever. And we know that, right? And it's mm -hmm. dads going running off to work. And now we have this great resignation. Everyone's right. saying because of COVID, I'm rethinking how I live my life. How would you tell people to rethink and change their current behaviors such that those behaviors reduce the stress and anxiety in their life? Okay. The first question that I ask people in the book, in the course, is at what age did you first start to feel anxious? Because whether it's stress or anxiety, or fears, or phobias, or depression, or whatever the problem is, even pain, emotional pain, conflict, lack of self-esteem, at what age? When did you gain weight? Why at that age? What was happening at that age when the anxiety first started, the fears, the weight gain, uh, the depression? What was happening in your life at that age when it first started? That's the most important question. And then followed up with why then? Why not two years earlier? Why not two years later? What was happening? And how did you cope with it then? Chances are you're still coping with it 
or not coping with it the exact same ways. So that's the number one question is at what age did it first start and what was happening and why then? And try and define that and and see what event in your life potentially affected you, you know, and I know we can go here and I'd like to go here actually, because, you know, as a species, we have a tendency, you know, we all have an ego. It's whether or not we can control the ego the ego is there as a protector, as you know, in good cases. But it, it frequently what it does is it really kind of amps people up. I'm not enough. I got to do more. There's tons expected. That ego starts talking to you. It's really tough. And then you separate. So when I say you separate, in other words, I'm going to go into the little spiritual realm here. You were talking about Deepak Chopra a few minutes ago, endorsing your programs. And, you know, there is a spiritual side to this. Mm-hmm. And that is, and, and I know you're coming from the the scientific side, but you're also an extremely spiritual guy. Mm-hmm. And sure. the reality is when we do separate, the ego separates us to not knowing who we really are, right? Not knowing from a soul standpoint who we are as a person, because my show is about personal growth, wellness, mastery, and spirituality. I want to kind of get to that because- right. When you recognize that, and as soon as you separate or the ego helps you separate, that's when you have tons of stress. Isn't that true? Well, a lot of times. You're very, I agree with everything you're saying. Here's what I would say, because I lived in this world every day and helping so many people that have been stuck for so many years and decades and not gotten better. They've been great teachers for me that everybody does have an ego. You're 100% correct, Greg. Okay. The ego tends to want to protect us, but it tends to overprotect us. It guards us, but it overguards us. So it actually has job security because it is so relentless in trying to make sure we look good and making sure that other people think we're okay and we think they think we're okay. It's really an overprotective part of us. Yes, it has the insecurity of wanting to be seen better than we really are, but it's a part of all of us. I always say to people, it has a lifetime membership. So don't try oh, yeah. to get rid of it. Okay. Exactly. Okay. That's a good one. It's yeah. a lifetime membership. And your point about meditation, you know, you know, I was invited to India to teach meditators how to go deeper into meditation. who have been meditating for 50, 60, 70 years, far longer than me. And I had the opportunity to go to ashram after ashram and learn from meditators. Basically, the takeaway is, and you're right at it, Greg, is we want to learn how to be meditative, how to be 100% present, connecting in the moment while we have an ego. Oh, no, don't do that. You want to look good. That's not that important. But what about business? How are you going to make money from this? All of that. Okay, thank you, ego. You're very helpful. I know what you're thinking. You think the same thing over and over again. And then we are all emotionally driven. So we have an emotional driver, but I want to be loved or I don't feel good about this or I don't know about this or am I enough? I feel helpful, helpless, confident, not confident. So our emotions are driving. They're not rational. They're irrational. They're all emotional. Our egos are very rational, very logical, and they never agree with emotions. So most people, I would say over 90% of people spend their lives fighting, debating internally between what's going on emotionally 
and what their ego, judge, critic, logical perfectionist is saying. Now, here comes meditation. Here comes being meditative. It transcends all of that while all of that is taking place because you're not getting rid of that. That's the rings of the tree. It's who you are. The meditation, being meditative, thank you, overly logical, overly critical, never shuts up part of me. Thank you, emotions, my sensitive child inside that feels, feels, has so much empathy. And from this place that we want to be, have it become dominant, this meditative, being meditative in our lives, and we want our egos, lifetime membership, and our emotions, also lifetime membership, to become non-dominant. So ever-present, always welcome, never want to try to stop them. That'll take years or decades where when you listen and understand, give them the floor, they're done in minutes. And you can get back to your presence of mind, your loving, unconditionally accepting in the moment, true, authentic you. So it's sort of a one, two, three. And this is really what we learned in the ACE study. This is what the people taught us. Because I see people all the time, Greg, get better so much faster than they thought they would. Not through tricks or techniques or anything by getting to the underlying issues in ways that are healing and healthy and positive. And everybody has an inner doctor. Everybody has inner wisdom. Everybody is smarter than they think. And so my work is simply helping people facilitate their own best answers, their own inner doctor, their own inner wisdom that I know is always there because I've been with people that have been stuck for 70, 80 years and get unstuck very quickly. But it's with respect to the deep emotional issues, with respect to the ego trip issues, and be able to be who they are as a whole person, an integrated person, not a technique driven or I can just do this or I can just do that. Like there's an on off switch to wellness and happiness. No, it's more of a dimmer, like make progress, make progress, incremental progress. Oh, wow. Now my inner wisdom is dominant and my emotions and ego are non-dominant. Well, that only took you 70 years to figure out or 40 years to figure out, but there's no time like now and your life's about well, to Well, that's why less stress now. And I think one of the things that you've been a huge advocate of and, and anybody is, is what brings you back to center is your breath, right? And and during this little exercise, you, you did deep breathing a couple, three, four times, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know that before we react, if we actually breathe, the choice will be different. In other words, if we bring breath in and think about it, you know, a lot of times people say, well, take a deep breath before you actually take that action or make that action. And I know from being in a practice, which is pretty deep, that, you know, every one of the chakras going down the body with deep breathing can have a huge impact uh, on you making a connection. And I'm going to go to the non-scientific now to a higher source to a source which is calming and that's where it wants you to be in it and it in it for anybody who does meditation which is probably 80% of the people who listen to the show they recognize 
in the morning and the evening, depending on how often they practice, that when they're done, the rest of their day actually goes so much better. Uh, meaning you approach every problem and every opportunity differently, much more methodically, much more focused, much more concentrated. So speak with us about the breathing techniques, how we can access that, how we can get to that altered state of consciousness. And let me let me add to this, because when we do that, you talked about the conscious and the subconscious and the superconscious. The subconscious mind is something that literally is got to be reprogrammed, right? That's where (laughs) this is happening. So speak with us about that as well. Okay. All right. Well, here's one thing. I throw a lot at you. That's fine. That's (laughs) right. I'm used to it. Okay. Uh, One thing I can say for sure to really support what you are saying, Greg, with your own inner wisdom is that I teach people this all the time. And I can promise that this is true. You can breathe your way through anything. Mm -hmm. Anything. I've been in the worst situations that I could ever imagine. I was able to breathe my way through anything. I've been with people who have learned to deal with the most horrific, catastrophic situations and they can breathe their way through anything. Now, what that means is you need an exact technique that fits you as an individual. Because breath work, having taught and been to dozens of workshops just on breath work, there's no public path. There's no one size fits all. There's no formula. Some people love the yoga breathing. I certainly do. Some people love the meditation breathing. I certainly do. Some people love the prayer breathing. I certainly do. Some people like the workout, exercise breathing, the walking breathing, the out in the trees breathing, the pat your dog breathing. There's so many different techniques. You have to find the one that works best for you. And it's impossible you won't find at least one because I actually have hundreds of techniques. So it's literally impossible. So that's the first thing is people need to recognize you can breathe your way through anything, whether it's conscious and emotional or relationship and money, whether it's subconscious ego, what what am I going to do? Oh, no, I'm really in a mess now. Or what I call unconscious, which is your inner wisdom, you're spontaneous, creative, unconditionally accepting, uh, the true authentic you. So you can breathe your way to your unconscious, to your inner wisdom, which you refer to as your sort of inner spirituality, your inner guide, all of that connected to an outer guide, you know, however you envision that. So how can you breathe your way through anything? Let's get to like an exact technique that probably will work really well for the millions of people watching right now. All right. So there's one step to begin with. And this is a tricky one because it's so simple. Is pay attention to your breathing right here, right now. And accept your breathing however it is. So if you have a cold... It really doesn't matter. If you're feeling stressed, it really doesn't matter. 
If you have that nice belly breathing, it's fine too. Most important is you're accepting your breathing as it is. Here's the analogy or the metaphor. You're looking up at the stars at night. You see the stars, you see the moon, you see the clouds. You don't try to move the constellations. You don't try to change where the moon is. You just accept the sky as it is. That's exactly what you want to do with your breathing. This is step one. This is a standalone step. I'm about to add the real empowering experience, but this alone, where you have awareness, whether it's the stars or your breathing, and you are accepting, but I'm going to add a word here, unconditionally accepting. Unconditionally accepting of your breathing, deeper, shallow, bigger, little, nose and mouth. Okay, so that's step one. Stand alone. You can do that all by itself. You don't even need anything else. Because when you are unconditionally accepting of your breathing as it is, you're getting a glimpse of what it feels like to be unconditionally accepting of yourself. Mm, yeah. Guess what? After all of my trips to India and all of my trainings and all of my lessons and all of my incredible meetings with women and men, gurus over there, I discovered my biggest quest besides being the teacher there is I wanted to know if anybody was enlightened all the time, like meditative 24-7. And what I found was that there were a lot of people that were meditative and enlightened almost all the time till the books didn't show up at the workshop or the lighting of the cameras weren't working or one of the assistants was out again or they had a toothache. Okay. So almost always, but not always. But the big discovery was enlightenment. And thank you so much for the teachers, gurus over there that shared this with me, is being unconditionally accepting of yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you are being unconditionally accepting of your breathing right now, you're on the journey. Well, self-love and care you know, compassion for oneself, you, it's always been said, and I know this sounds a little bit trite, but you can't be good to anybody else unless you're good to yourself. And uh, okay, simple, but that's not the way it usually goes. Uh, you're, as you mentioned, you know, five minutes ago, the ego has its own agenda. It sneaks in. You're not enough. Something happens. You, you do that. But if you are cognizant and accepting of the breathing, I'm going to repeat it unconditionally okay three words yeah you're literally now falling into a space or accepting a space of i am meaning i am i'm just okay the way i am it's me i don't have to be anybody else for anyone else or do anything else um because you know when we we take this to a, a grander scale here even though it's less stress now I mean, you and I could talk all day long about this, but but you bring the quantum physics element into this. You want to bring the scientific element into it. There is only now. Uh, yesterday was a canceled check. Tomorrow's a promissory note. You know, hey, we, we've got to live our lives for now. And you've heard this. It's the old Eckhart Tolle thing. It's it's Deepak. It's, it's everybody, right? And it can't be said enough. Because we forget, you know, um, 
I just did an interview with Marshall Goldsmith, who works with the highest uh, achievers and kind of in the world as a coach, right? What do you think he said the challenge was? He says on one end of the continuum is regret and the other end of the continuum is purpose and meaning. And we kind of swing in between. And I said, that's interesting because I didn't know and I've known him for a long time. I said, you teach Buddhist practices here. And he goes, yeah, I've been doing that since I was 17. I was indoctrinated into Buddhism back then. And I was like, really, Marshall Goldsmith, kind of interesting. And he said, you know what I try and teach them? He said, I try and teach them impermanence and non-attachment. And I said, you're talking to the wealthiest, most successful people in the world. And he says, you want to know something? 90% of them don't have a clue what that is. Because mm-hmm. it's always about achieving the next big thing or doing it. He said they could have 80 degrees and be inventing all these wonderful things that's changing the world and whatever. And it's always about what's next. <laughs> you know, um, I thought, you know, I mean, that's not enlightening. That just is. Yes. But from your standpoint, what I mean, think about the kind of person who's living their life like that and just the self-induced stress. If we have someone out there listening who just heard what I said and now is going to get advice from the master of stress, Brian Ullman, what would advice would you give him? Because I have a lot of high achievers who listen to the show. Right. Well, I actually would value what your prior guest said and add that my experience with people is that it's actually both that we actually want to be able to be detached and that's a very good technique and that's a meditative buddhist technique and to be connected and engaged because i found when i was with people that are buddhists and meditating in india in here as well that there is such a thing as too much detachment i agree and you know being too removed so the answer is almost always both, Greg, is whether you're a high achiever or you have regrets or you have purpose, it's very important to be able to experience that presence, that spontaneity, that creativity, as well as the struggle or the difficulty. Because what I find is that people either get lost in the struggle and, you know, what's it worth or really doesn't matter anyway, or I don't feel a thing. I'm so detached. I'm so meditative and all of that. Well, you know what? You're both right integrate and merge those two and you'll find you're actually having a much better time with life and people and you're really being more real and authentic well i think dalai lama said the middle way right the middle way it's not like hey we stay detached and i and i understand that but a lot of people never detach then the other element is if that's the middle way then would be you know if if you read stoism Mm-hmm. Right. And you follow anything around that. And many of my listeners do. Mm-hmm. It's about the middle path. Mm-hmm. It's not extreme one way or the other anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're that's what you're advocating here. You're it saying, look, both. it's it, yeah. it is both. It is it's one. Both. 
you know, it's the duality of things that we have. There's darkness and there's light, you know, and then there's, and then there's, and then there's dimness, right? (laughs) Well, you might, you might be coming up with a a new term here, right? Triality (laughs) and that, uh, you know, there's feeling and I have discovered that people are much more sensitive than I ever realized that everybody is really touched. Everybody can be criticized and hurt. Everybody can be encouraged and inspired. We are incredibly sensitive beings. And it's really important for us to know that because we have empathy. We do care. Even if we try to block it with all kinds of techniques, people are sensitive. People also have that inner judge, inner critic, never satisfied, never good enough, that subconscious ego. And that's a part of us also. And then we also have this inner wisdom and true authentic self. So there's actually three states of consciousness. And as I said earlier, it's not necessarily the middle ground from my experience. It's allowing how sensitive we are and how uh, sort of self-proclaiming uh, or egotistical or critical we are, to let them become non-dominant. You're not getting rid of them. They're part of all of us like rings of the tree. Develop your potentials to listen to your inner voice, to be present, to be alive, to really connect, to you know be happy about what's right about your life. So you want that to become dominant and your ego and your emotions to become non-dominant. There's not really a middle ground where they're all equal because if your emotions and your inner critic, your inner judge become dominant, you're miserable and they're going to get into a struggle and a debate and fight all the time. That's where most people are. So we want to let them have their stream of consciousness. I do a lot of journaling. It's in the course and the book with non-dominant hand because you want them to be non-dominant scribble do to let them all get a voice and then when you get to your inner wisdom your unconscious your spontaneity the true authentic you you want to use your dominant hand because you want that to become dominant so there's real exercises there's real meditations there's real processes that have been proven with tens of thousand people really work how fast they help right away how often they help every time you do it so It's encouraging to know that everybody has that inner wisdom, these inner abilities. They just have to learn some of the skills and then figure out, oh, I love that one. Oh, that one didn't work as well. Oh, that one's mine. Oh, yeah, I'm going to customize that one. So you come up with and tailor from all the things you learn, things that work for you every single time, no matter what's going on. And that's that's a good that's a good point, Brian. And, and And the other thing I know is that they need to get the book so we're going to put a link to amazon to get the book you're going to go to dr brian allman that's b-r-i-a-n-a-l-m-a-n.com and that's d-r uh, not spelled out doctor and we'll put a link to that as well in the podcast here um we also will put a link to this course um this course is normally 497 and it's half price and this would be dr Brian talking to you. And he also said you can email him to get in touch with him. He also has an app uh, that can be used and he uses it at Kaiser. And I want to encourage you all to go to his website 
in that now, but that's a different, that's true sage, T-R-U-E-S-A-U-G-E, is it? True sage, like you are your own true sage, T-R-U-E-S-A-G-E.com. Right. And there's an app there, right? And can anybody buy that app off of that website? Okay. So we've got this app. We're going to put a link to the app. We've got this course, which I'm the only one he's offered it to at half price. So please take advantage of that. That's It's going to change your life. Also, the book. The book is very inexpensive. You can get the Kindle version or you can get the regular book. Just go to Amazon and do that. Now, Brian, let's wrap up the interview with this. You know, you personally have so many years of experience and so many stories and so many testimonials throughout the course of your career and doing this work for so many years. If there were today three takeaways that my listening audience could leave this show with and say, Brian helped me with fill in the blank. What are the three things that you would advise or recommend that they start maybe practicing or think about practicing that would have less stress now? Okay. (laughs) Number one, the technique that we did together earlier where you learned you can breathe your way through anything or relearn that and you were unconditionally accepting of your breathing as it is, not trying to fix, change, or solve it, but accepting unconditionally as it is, on your exhales, for less stress now, anytime, any place, and this will work every single time, one of the things I would love your viewers to learn, and you can do this now for a few breaths with me, say your own name to yourself, not out loud, on your exhales. So let's just do five of these. Say your name to yourself on your exhales. Watch what happens. Okay, so that's the first one that we just bridged from the breath work that we did earlier together. I know everybody's much more relaxed now. And the good news is that will always work. You know why? Because you work. And I just saved you about 30 years in your journey to get to that technique. That took me a long time to find something that really is so simple and always works. It's your name. You're saying it in an unconditionally accepting way. It's nurturing. So that's very, very useful for you anytime, any place. And it's great for every age. And to my less stress for kids book. It's part of the ACE study. It's in 100 countries. It's everywhere. It's so simple, so direct. Uh, so enjoy that. The other thing I would love you for your viewers to know is your unconscious mind, which is what we're calling your inner wisdom, your spontaneity, the true authentic you, that part that we would love to have it become dominant and your ego and your emotions to become non-dominant. Your unconscious mind is even smarter than you are. Right. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness everybody's saying, right? Uh, so one of the points you made earlier, Greg, about how people aren't using that much of the capacity of their brain. I mean, the numbers have been thrown around like people use 12%. Some people said 15%. People say to me all the time, they know people that just use 1% and they're actually worried about them. So just depends on how much of your mind you think you're actually using. The important thing is 
that everybody is more capable than they realize. Mm-hmm. And nobody will ever achieve all of the capacity that they have inside. The mind is amazing. I see it all the time, what people accomplish. I never thought it would be possible. I was born missing part of my back. I had chronic pain as a kid right into my 20s. I never thought I'd be free of the pain. I was in pain 95% of the time. Now I'm free of pain more than 95% of the time. I never thought that would happen in a million years. But fortunately, I met a wonderful teacher who was supposed to die of polio in his teens. I met him when he was 75. And he used the same techniques for pain control that he taught me. And the power of the mind, uh, it actually worked in ways that I would never have believed if you told me or someone told me I couldn't believe it. So never underestimate the power of your mind. And your unconscious mind is even smarter than you are. You can breathe your way through anything. And now you have an exact technique that you can tailor and customize. And your viewers can know if they go to Dr. Allman, uh, email me at drallman at drbrianallman.com. Or they just go to the website, drbrianallman.com. They can write me. I answer everybody. I will write back. And so people have access to ask the difficult questions and, you know, get real answers. Well, I think, look, it's been very enlightening for the people. Number one, you've got three books. You got one for kids. Mm-hmm. You got the stress now. You've actually told me, remind me of 15 books. But you know, <laughs> if you go to Amazon, everybody, the newest series are these three books. You can also go to his website and see that. But this main book for everybody listening, most likely listening to my show, is Less Stress Now. Uh, also, it's around this course. Brian, thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth. I appreciate you as a person, as an author, as a physician, as somebody who's helping people uh, transmute so many different conditions in their life and doing it through the power of you know, their unconscious and the, and the power of breath work, uh, meditation, and all the techniques that you've provided, like writing with your non-dominant hand. I thought that was a pretty cool one as well. So thanks. Namaste to you. I appreciate you. you. I look forward to having you back on Inside Personal Growth and we'll get this up for our listeners to take a gander at very quick. Thank you. Lots of love to you. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.